Hey everybody, welcome to the Stewardship Simplified Podcast, the place where pastors, practitioners, and partners come together to talk about the realities and challenges of giving and stewardship today and what's coming up tomorrow. Hear from experts in generosity and leadership as they share their insights on best practices, trends, and resources. Hey everybody, it's great to be with you guys today. Dave Lopez here, part of the Florida Baptist Financial Services team. Our goal for this podcast is to provide some real-time solutions for churches and church leaders in areas of church stewardship and generosity and all of that. And today, friends and family, we are privileged. I got to tell you, I am sitting across the way from the man, the myth, my friend and my boss, (laughs) Dr. Rick Wheeler. He's the executive director of Florida Baptist Financial Services. Now, you're going to have to give that many accolades to all of our guests, not just me because (laughs) I happen to be your supervisor, but but good to be with you, Dave. Thank you for being here. We're recording this here in Jacksonville in our offices. Dave drove up from Miami to be here with us, and we should also give a shout out to Madeline Powell, who is our executive director and producer and makes all things happen. So thank you, Madeline, for all the work that you put into these. Absolutely. Big ups to Madeline. Thank you so much. Hey, Rick, man, you're a busy guy, man. Thanks so much for making time to be with us today. Uh, For all of our friends who are kind of listening in, they may have heard rumors about Rick Wheeler, uh, but sometimes folks maybe have not heard of you. So, man, just briefly tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit of your past, uh, your ministry experiences, and even how you got to this place here at Florida Baptist Financial. Sure. Thanks, Dave. I'm, uh, I'm a fourth-generation Floridian, uh, deep roots here in North Florida. Um, we, uh, was, I was born into a pastor's home here. My dad pastored a church just south of Jacksonville, about 30 miles south. Uh, from the time I was in about third grade and through college, so about 25 years, a total span of my life. And so that was my growing up years. I lived in a Christian home where my mom and dad were not perfect, but we had a great home. They lived their faith in a very authentic way. And I came to know the Lord at about 10. And then by the age of 11, uh, right after vacation Bible school, was baptized and have not always walked uh, the life that uh, fully lived up to the calling of being a, a Jesus follower. But uh, when I was a young adult and uh, God brought Camille, my wife, into our lives, we really uh, started our marriage just centering our life on the Lord. Um, we have two beautiful daughters, uh, Catherine's 21 and Reagan is 17, and mom and dad are tired. Uh, but, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, spent, went to college here locally, uh, got a degree in finance, spent about nine years in the banking industry, uh, three different uh, retail banks, uh, ended up with SunTrust. And then uh, in 1997 and into 98, the Lord began to move in our hearts to, not that we were going in the wrong direction, but it was time to center our lives in full-time vocational ministry. And so that meant seminary, which I couldn't even spell and didn't know where they were or what they did. (laughs) And so that was a whole life adjustment for us. We left at that time, Merritt Island, Florida, moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and attended the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. The. Uh, the, the definite article is important. Absolutely. Came out of seminary and was very fortunate to come back and serve uh, on church staff here in Jacksonville, Florida. We never dreamed we'd come back to Florida, but that was how the Lord saw uh, our lives unfolding. And so we came back here. I've been in the church and denominational uh, church and parachurch world for about 25 years now, uh, both in local church experience as well as uh, several denominational roles, uh, primarily with the Florida Baptist Convention. And then uh, up until 2020, was with the Jacksonville Baptist Association, kind of serving a a network of about 200 churches here across uh, five counties in Northeast Florida. 
um, throughout 2019 and the beginning of 2020, it just seemed like a good time to jump into the financial world. And so <laughs> what could go wrong, right? What could so, go wrong? So uh, the Lord uh, allowed me to, to transition into this role as president and CEO of Florida Baptist Financial Services and loving what I get to do, love the, the, the mission field that I get to serve, the churches that we get to serve. And particularly in what we're going to talk about today, which is coming alongside and helping clarify and bring real-time solutions for the financial challenges that churches face. Man, that's incredible. It's one of those where, as I hear you describe your past, you know, how has God built people, not just um, the way he's wired me internally or what my natural bet might be, but even your own like background, your experiences, yeah. and how they kind of prepare you. Uh, for moments like these, you know, not just financial services, but even how to lead in the midst of COVID and everything that's happened since that. So, man, that's pretty stinking cool, I think. Yeah, I wasn't looking to leave my prior role. Uh, I was very content and focused on what the Lord was doing here uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, but as this opportunity came up and people began to speak to me about it, uh, my wife, you know, who's voice sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit's in my life. Uh, she said, Camille said, you know, Rick, this, this sounds like God's been preparing you in every chapter of your life. And it's true. Uh, in what I do today, uh, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't look back and draw upon things that happened either in business school or, yeah. or banking or seminary, all those things I touched on. Uh, it is All of those things have been uh, fundamental in helping me prepare for this role. So good, man. So, so yeah. good. So here's what I want to do. You know, we're creating the Stewardship Simplified podcast, Rick. Um, There's a gazillion podcasts out there. I mean, you can find one for basket weaving if you're really Mm -hmm. into that stuff. Uh, From your perspective, your vantage point, I'd love to know why the Stewardship Simplified podcast? Like why this? Why now? Well, we didn't jump into it. We were very thoughtful and deliberate about it because of what you alluded to. We didn't want to just provide another podcast because it's such a crowded space. And so we really had to answer the question, what would be unique or different that would be meaningful uh, to church leaders about this podcast? And, uh, you know, we, we really prayed through and deliberated on that. We wanted to make sure that we weren't doing it just to be cool or just to do another thing, uh, to say we have a podcast. That's that's not helpful. Um, but we we knew that there was a space that that needed to be uh, occupied, and it really had to do more with the context that we're living in. So you know, there are some great leadership podcasts out there. Yeah, this is not going to be just another great leadership. Although we will certainly touch on leadership principles from time to time. Uh, if you want to study leadership and you want a, a weekly podcast, I mean, go to Kerry Newhoff, go to Brad Lominick. There's some. There's there's no end to just phenomenal uh, leadership podcast out there. We believe, though, that we serve a certain niche, a a certain uh, client, if you will, and those are Florida Baptist churches and churches uh, across the state of Florida who are in a particular time in a particular situation. So, yeah, we weren't just uh, doing it to do it. We all are busy and have plenty of things to do, but we thought, you know, I think there's something missing here that if we provided it, it can not only be something that would happen in a timely fashion and give real-time help, but, but also be content and some uh, deliverables, some, some answers and, and content that we could put out there and people could download at a future date w- at the time that they needed it. Yeah. So we think there will be things we'll address that will be happening in real-time 
in our current world, but also these will be nice to we house them on our website or just make them available, push them out on social media from time to time and say, hey, have you thought about this and just put this content piece back out there. So we're really excited about what this can bring. So I'm curious, just because you're mentioning this idea of serving FBC churches at a particular time in a unique situation, if ever there's been a unique situation, it's been in the last few years, right? So can you give me some examples of how Florida Baptist Financial has stepped in and potentially stepped up to be that unique niche uh, resource to churches that other places or other ministries may not be? Yeah, so historically our uh, kind of uh, core business was around estate planning and, and charitable giving. We still do that. That's still just fundamental to who we are and what we do, and we can talk more about that. But when 2020 hit, um, people weren't just asking, how can I get my estate plan together? Right. <laughs> they were asking, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And you know, a lot of churches had gone to online giving, but many had not. And so we needed to quickly pivot to help say, okay, this church who's never done online giving, how can we help be the conduit or, or facilitate that? Uh, there are churches that are going through a lot of transitions with staffing. They're, some are downsizing, some are kind of streamlining that, particularly in the administrative side. So they're looking to outsource more of their payroll, their bookkeeping and accounting services. So we're, we're asking questions like, how can we come in and provide solutions for churches that are asking these questions? And so those are just a couple of examples of uh, what it looks like to not just kind of put some products on the shelf and keep them there 20 years, but really be in constant conversation with the churches that you're serving uh, and ask, what is it that, that you're facing? What, mm-hmm. what can we do to help you? And we want to be the one-stop shop that churches will come to whenever they're facing a challenge or an opportunity, uh, particularly in the financial generosity stewardship realm, so that uh, even if we don't have the product service or even answer, we know where to get it. Good. So we want them to think of us. We want them to come to us, and we'll help guide them uh, kind of, kind of help be the, uh, you know, we we don't. Uh, it's like the old BASF commercial. We don't uh, make the things you use. We make the things you use better. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to help provide a, a better uh, experience for churches, particularly in the financial world. So leaning into that, I know you know different churches have been in different places over the last few years because of life realities, culture changes, etc. Because you're using language like we're a one-stop shop, uh, a lot of churches are looking for that silver bullet, right? Specifically in the area of giving or stewardship or money. Um, For pastors or boards or ministry leaders that are trying to figure out what is the silver bullet in this season, because boy, if there's ever been a moment where finances are up and down, this is that moment. What, What do you say to those kinds of leaders who are looking for that silver bullet? Yeah, um, not to burst bubbles, but there, there is none. Uh, well, you know, what I would say is, um, you know, a lot of times when you're facing a comple- complex you know, scenario, it's really helpful, uh, the old Charles Sheldon book in his steps, that asks the question, what would Jesus do? Mm, that's good. And um, so you kind of come back. He that, would take his money out of the market. <laughs> <laughs> he probably already had. Uh, you know, one of the questions I like to ask is, you know, don't you wish that, that if you're looking for financial help and advice, don't you wish Jesus could be your financial advisor? Mm. And here's the good news. The New Testament is full 
of red letters, of things Jesus said about how to approach stewardship and finances in our life and in our ministry. And so we already have the playbook. And so while there are no silver bullets, there is a wealth of information and, and guidance and wisdom that we can glean from. So it's really about understanding the situation you're in and then applying biblical wisdom uh, as it relates to, to stewardship and generosity and, and applying that in the setting that we're in now. But now here's the thing, the setting's always changing. So where we are now, I've, I've always said that church life is like a train that never stops moving. If you step off of it, that train doesn't stop. It right. keeps going. And so where churches are today versus even just three years ago is so remarkably different in terms of the changes in the economy, the changes in the political world, the changes in, in you know that, that the pandemic brought. And so uh, the questions that pastors and church leaders are asking today are, are certainly um, not the same that we were asking three or four years ago. People, the, the people in their churches are in different situations, different settings, and they're trying to navigate uh, some uncharted waters right now. Yeah, that's it. Listen, I, I don't know how many pastors I've talked with that would say what you just said in a variety of different ways. Like, man, I went to school. We never talked about this. Right. Uh, no one ever taught us how to handle or be prepared for that. Um, so, man, I, I'm glad that someone is speaking into it. I'm glad Florida Baptist Financial is, is, is able and willing to, to jump into that space. Right. Um, l- let me ask, because often you've referred to like f- investments and finances. Um, it, it, like, is this a let's get rich kind of a thing <laughs> and we're going to use God's money and, and, hey, here comes wealth and abundance. <laughs> like, what, 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 is, what are we doing? Yeah, so what we're not doing is, um, you know, trying to just focus on the wealth and abundance uh, aspect of it. There's no tips and tricks that are just, you know, hey, add do these three things and add water and uh, you'll have all the wealth you, you ever, you know, need and that sort of thing. That's just, that's just not realistic um, and not biblical. But um, there are, as I said before, you know, biblical principles that you apply and when you, you do that, you, f- you don't focus on necessarily the outcome. You focus on the faithfulness. Mm. Focus on the, the inputs, the things that we're responsible for. So when we talk about stewardship, coming to an understanding that, that God really does own it all, and he lets us steward or manage uh, some of his resources for a period of time, understanding that and applying that, we focus on being faithful and being obedient and doing the right thing and applying biblical wisdom and the outcome of all of that is really up to what the lord does yeah and um you know we we really believe that the same god who did the the miracle of the the loaves and fishes is still doing that kind of miracle today so so while we're not talking about you know tricks to get rich and that sort of thing we are talking about um a god who who honors faithfulness who um, will respond to us in our time of need, who is faithful to us, uh, who who protects us, who loves us, yeah. and really casting all of our cares upon him um, and, and doing it in a way that um, worships him. So, you know, what, what we want to see happen is churches not just add a stewardship ministry to their church or, you know, Sunday nights for these next six weeks, we're gonna do a study and then we're done. We want to see these conversations kind of hardwired into 
the the overall disciple making journey of a local church. Churches have a, you know a variety of ways that they make disciples. What we're saying is there's a lot of biblical content that deals with how we approach money and resources. We think those conversations ought to be embedded in your existing discipleship journey. And if they are and they're working, then wonderful. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my experience is a lot of churches need help with that, and that's where we step in. So let me ask, because earlier you referred to, you know, we've got a playbook in red letters. Our Lord spoke about this. Um, there's a lot of collective wisdom between the last 2,000 years and even what's happening in our own cultures today. Uh, there's just some timely principles that seem to be tried and true despite how culture shifts or how uh, the economy changes or how, you know, politics go, whatever. Um, I'd love to know, just from your perspective, just some things that you've seen that seem to be like consistent principles for for like the small church pastor or the medium-sized church leadership or, you know, that larger church board or even multi-sider church plants. Like, what kind of principles or the playbook would you say, hey, let's lean into these things? Because I heard you say, you know, we got to bake it into the DNA of disciple making in churches. I think all that sounds great. Give me something practical that I can say, all right, what's a thing that we can do? Well, there's, uh, as I said, because the contexts are so very different, and you touched on a few of them, we can, we can um, kind of illustrate those. Um, church leaders today, I, I, I think, hopefully have realized that you can never plug and play anything in your local church. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, there was a day um, that, you know, in our Southern Baptist family, that national entities would produce materials and then state uh, conventions would train churches how to use those materials and and associations would kind of come alongside and help implement that and pretty much it was a one-size-fits-all yeah um, that day if it ever was helpful and, and effective is no longer today dude absolutely listen in Miami that's <laughs> because that's where I'm from that's exactly right. What you're saying, it's there is no copy-paste. Right, yeah. And yet, how many times when we're looking for a solution, we just find out maybe some other church is doing or some, some new resource that's out there on the Internet, and we just kind of download it and think it's going to work. We always have to do the missionary work of contextualization um, because... That's that's what we're called so to do. Tell me what that means, contextualization. Sure. So uh, you mentioned Miami. So you know the way you're going to approach evangelism, for example, and certainly you know we're talking about uh, stewardship and generosity and the way people. Well, let's talk about the cost of living in Miami versus here or you know somewhere else. So even in the state of Florida, there's a large degree of variety of settings and economic situations that people are in. Um, you know some some. Uh, Communities, people are, uh, you know, commuting, and, and and some are more rural, and, and all these kind of things. So you really got to start with the starting point of the people that you're trying to reach, um, and what is their situation. Then you've got to kind of help your church wrap around uh, and say, what's it going to take to reach people in this situation in life. Um, so with that that understanding, you know, if you're in a very small church, which by the way, most of our Florida Baptist churches are 100 people or less mm -hmm. on a Sunday, so we would call that a normative-sized church. So let's say you have a church that runs 60, 70 people on a Sunday morning. You may have just a single staff pastor. You may just have a part-time or a bivocational yeah. uh, leader. Uh, you may not have anybody who's full-time at all, just a, a team of volunteers. Things have to be incredibly simple 
in a situation like that. You can't bring, you know, a 16-step process uh, into a, a church like that. And so in a, in a smaller, normative-sized church setting, everything has to be brought down to its essential minimal. Mm-hmm. And so how you're, how you're uh, teaching and preaching about uh, stewardship, how you are um, putting people in relationships, how you're doing group ministry, all of these things has to be extremely simple because you just don't have a lot of programmatic expression to sure. offer. Um, if you're in a, now I'll take it to the other side of the spectrum, you're in a mega, mega church, a very large church, a lot of staff. Now the, the challenge there is complexity mm. um, and busyness. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna just kinda go, you know, dizzy for a minute, look at the weekly schedule. <laughs> I know. Uh, some of these large, large churches, yeah. they're extremely busy yeah. churches. And so kind of, you know, finding your way to help reduce that complexity. Uh, you know, we now see a lot of multi-site churches. And so there's a, there's a complexity around even communication and uh, separation of duties, role responsibilities, and who does what. And so not, there's not a right and wrong. I'm just saying churches have so many different expressions that you have to understand the, the community you're trying to reach and then the church that, that you're in and go, okay, how can we best position ourselves to serve this community uh, for the glory of God? And, and um, that's just going to look very different. And so even though you know, we will say, hey, we offer bookkeeping services or we offer uh, estate planning or we offer cash management services or loans, all of those things are going to be applied a little differently yeah. in every church. So that, let me ask because, like, if Florida Baptist Financial Services, where are you guys working just in the north, or is it throughout the entire state? Like, are there people who that we that, that you're not helping that we're not helping? We believe there are uh, somewhere over twenty nine hundred churches in the Florida Baptist Convention, and they range from, you know, the southernmost point of the state, which is Key West, uh, uh, was down there a few months ago. To, uh, to North Florida, to Pensacola, and all points in between. So uh, our, the reach of our mission field is, yeah. is you know, you know we, we collaborate in national, international missions. We're Southern Baptist, and so we, you know, we touch local, national, and internationally. Our focus as a, as a company is to serve the churches of the Florida Baptist Convention. Yeah. We believe when they're thriving and they're healthy, then they're going to be able to better reach their community, better reach their country, better reach their world. So... Uh, what I'm hearing then is we've got kind of a pulse on the different expressions of church life yeah. up and down the state, whether it be urban, whether it be inner city, whether it be suburban, whether it be rural. And so the contextualization isn't just this theoretical conversation, but we're in the weeds with churches that find themselves in any expression of what Florida might look like. Yeah, one of the one of the roles that we can play that a lot of organizations um, don't have is, first of all, we have proximity. So we are not coming in, you know, if you, you engage us to come alongside and help your church, we're not flying in from Detroit, okay? I mean, yeah. we, we live here, we serve here, we have representatives like yourself in Miami, we have uh, a representative in Central Florida, we have people here in North Florida. So we do interact with churches of all shapes and sizes, as we mentioned, on a weekly basis. So one of the benefits we have is we interact with these churches that a typical church leader doesn't have is the benefit of travel and the benefit of being in all of these different settings, even in a given week. 
And it's again, it's not like you're going to just do what the church down the road does, but it is good to hear sometimes, hey, what you're facing, guess what? I just talked to three other churches that were facing something similar. Hmm. Here's how they overcame that. And here are some tips that you might want to consider. That's and it may not be something that's ever even published or is a resource. It's just wisdom from the field. And so that we, we kind of consider ourselves consider ourselves brokers of relationships and resources. Hmm. So we um, we hopefully can provide the answers to what you need. And sometimes that answer is a person that say, hey, call Ed. Ed knows. I know yeah. Ed. He's this church I was at last week. And he was dealing with this, and he found a solution, and I think he can help you. And so sometimes just making that connection is the best way we can help a church. So there isn't like a one-size-fits-all. What I'm hearing is because we're out in the field, sometimes it's, it's a service we offer, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's bringing that practitioner voice that might even be in our backyards right. that can help bring perspective or even resolution to some of the challenges. Um, Rick, I'd love to know what are other things that we – as a company have done to bring in, you know, the the weight of our relationships, those practitioner voices that might be able to speak into uh, real-time challenges, right? Not something that's happening in a different part of the country, but something that's, you know, you know, the bumper sticker flow grown, right? Florida grown by us for us kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, one will be uh, voices that we have on this podcast. You know, we will bring people uh, from the field. Some of the early uh, planning that we have and some of the episodes that will be forthcoming will be uh, pastors and uh, practitioners, church leaders who aren't just uh, theorizing about these things, but are, can can tell you what is working and what is not working and why. And so uh, highlighting and platforming those, I, I think, will be a big part of it. Uh, just and specifically in the area of like stewardship, sure, generosity, yeah, yeah exactly. In today's setting, you yeah. know what, how it's different than than before. Um, you know, it, you know, there was a day when you could just simply offer a, uh, a Dave Ramsey class or a Crown Ministry, and people would flock to it, and you just run it, and, and that still works, and you should do those things. But it's probably going to take something a little more holistic and a little bit more in depth to think about how do we bring the the importance of how people view money how they view how they view stewardship and obedience and bake that into what it means to be a follower of jesus and that means how we preach about it from the pulpit it means how we uh, classes that we offer uh, mentoring maybe relationships within the church uh, other systems of stewardship that that we believe uh, will look different but are kind of key ingredients to yeah. a comprehensive discipleship process. Man, I got to tell you, I uh, so from education perspective, right? Went to Bible college, um, got my master's yeah. degree out of Southern, uh, not the Southern, but I went to Southwest. You did the best you could. That's yeah, right. you know, you shouldn't for, feel bad forgive about me that. for all of that, right? Um, even did like doctoral work, right? Graduated and all that, and, I, and in all of my education, I think Rick, maybe, maybe in my master's program. In a church admin class, exactly. there maybe was a reference to stewardship, stewardship development, and it was something to the effect of, you know, just preach the word, be faithful, God's going to provide. And, and I think that's true to a degree because, you know, God's going to take care of his people, whatever that looks like. Um, but this idea of stewardship development, this idea of discipling people and baking stuff into that, I didn't get that type of resourcing or education or expertise even at the seminary level. 
Yeah, we when I was at the Florida Baptist Convention, and my experience in seminary was like yours. It was you know maybe one class session in a church administration uh, course that you would focus on uh, stewardship and generosity and, and capital fundraising and all these kinds of things. Um, but it wasn't you know there's there's not a course on it. There's not a there's certainly not a degree you know right. in those kind of things where it's not a, a major discipline of study uh, or a line of inquiry in our seminaries and so you're just not going to get that equipping from the traditional routes of, of ministry preparation um, you're going to need to pick it up in your reading and your relationships and resources like us um, so we do believe we can kind of fill that gap and and, and connect uh, people to that void yeah so i think that's part of the reason why we're, we're looking to start the podcast, right? That it's going to hopefully step into that gap and be part of the solution to be able to provide education, to be able to provide practitioner voices, to be able to provide some tangible solutions in real time, in real time moments to churches or pastors that are kind of like struggling with or trying to figure out how do we navigate in this new season? Because bottom line, none of us were trained like how to pastor a church post-pandemic, right? Right. Let alone all the other craziness happening globally. Right. We in, in a church leadership, um, you know, uh, setting, you typically have trained ministry people. So people who know how to exegete the word, they know how to preach, they know how to counsel, they know how to uh, do funerals and weddings, and you know, they're they're ministers of the gospel, uh, and they're they're lead. They provide leadership from that role. But as we touched on, they're not necessarily trained to, to incorporate financial wisdom into the decisions the church is making. And then sometimes you also have uh, lay people in the church who have business and financial skills and experience and acumen, but, but what happens kind of in the, the world sometimes isn't always applied one-to-one right. in the church in the same way. Uh, certainly there's things that do cross over, but there's, it's, the church is not car dealership it's not you know it's it's not a hospital or you know it's a, it's a particular kind of, of organization and so um, we hopefully will bring the, the right blend of, of ministry wisdom and financial wisdom um, and and kind of help bring the best of both of those worlds into the kind of solutions that the church needs to focus on but you know pastors haven't been trained in finance and finance and business people have not necessarily been trained in ministry and so we try to bring the best of both of those worlds man i think that is man i think that's money dude because to your point you know you've been around the block long enough you know pastors are they don't know and so they lean hard into their their boards or their or their teams, which is great, but you know a lot of the wisdom they're bringing in doesn't necessarily correlate or fit within ministry. Sure. Then you've got the outside board folks who do ministry well, or excuse me, do business well out there, but the principles or the practices may not always mesh well because well, it's not a business; it's an organization that's faith based. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I think Florida Baptist Financial Services standing in that gap. And just towing the line for those men, I think that is awesome. Yeah, in, in a given week, we may be talking with pastors and ministry leaders saying, hey, here's the financial um, wisdom that you need to apply in this situation. And then there are other moments where we're talking to maybe other people in the church who are extremely talented and gifted saying, 
But here's the the biblical basis for why you need to do it this way <laughs> and be a little bit different. And so, yeah. uh, and most people want that. They 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 you know. But we only know how to bring who we are you know, to a, to a moment. And so we do try to fill that gap and bridge between the financial and the ministry world. So earlier, I heard you talk about being the one stop shop um, in order to help churches yeah. thrive and and just you know be able to do the God given mission that God's given to them to make disciples. Um, how is it that you see Florida Baptist Financial Services helping churches thrive in that disciple-making area? Yeah, so we made the decision a couple of years ago to uh, place uh, representatives in the field to be close in proximity, uh, particularly in South and Central Florida. Those are such different arenas uh, to, to operate within. And so we didn't feel like we could adequately serve the field from one place. So putting people in the field gave us the opportunity to offer some uh, services and, and, and resourcing that we had not done before, particularly stewardship coaching. And so uh, you've been a key part of this, Dave, and, and the, the stewardship development coaching that we offer. It's a, a three to four month journey that uh, a church will go through with a group of peers. And so we come alongside and you, you team up with a, a group of people you're going to go through some some uh, learning experiences, but then there's also some coaching to debrief that in between. And that really helps get under the hood of, okay, what what's actually happening? How are we talking about it? What are the systems of stewardship that are in place? What's, what's maybe there that's not helping and then sure. what's not there that we need to apply? Uh, and then talk to your peers about that and, yeah. and have a kind of a collegial and a learning environment. So I love that we've been doing these. I think you would know better than me, but probably seven or eight of these around the state in the last year or so. Uh, I think it's like 11. Okay, right 11. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it's more almost 50 churches, yeah. Yeah, so almost 50 churches have been involved with this, and we think it is a great, because learning doesn't typically happen in a moment. It happens over a journey. Mm. And we think that a three or four month journey gives time for reflection, application. Uh, I've always said that the learning is in the doing. Uh, you'll learn things as you do them. You don't learn them in a classroom. You learn ideas in a classroom, but you learn things by doing them and then evaluating and debriefing that experience. And so the stewardship development coaching, we think is a great real-time resource. We, can, we plan on uh, continuing those in different regions around the state. Um, we do many other things, as you mentioned. We, we like to think of ourselves as kind of a broad range provider of financial services. So I mentioned ministry accounting services, way we do that is you connect with us we get you uh, in touch with a consultant who will assess your needs and say oh I just need help with payroll or I need full bookkeeping services yeah. or we need help be actually preparing statements doing our tax filings all that sort of thing the payroll taxes um, so it can be a little bit or a whole lot and you kind of uh, customize that to your situation uh, we do cash management so a lot of times we're sitting there with a church and they're like you know we have we have all of our reserves. Most churches have a reserve account sitting somewhere. Like just and money sitting in a savings it, account? It's, yeah, it's that rainy day. You know, we'll say three, four, five months, however much that is of expenses that you have just kind of sitting in reserves. Don't let that money sit dormant. We can help you think through some things you, you can do to employ that money uh, in such a way that it will not only be there for you, uh, but it will work for you while it's uh, being patient. All right, so I'm all ears. Mm -hmm. uh, g give me some solutions to that because like, I've got money sitting in a savings account. Like, what, 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 what do you got for me, man? Sure, sure. So the primary uh, resource we offer is what's known as the Church Growth Investment Fund. Uh, it's a, a company that was started about 30 years ago, and it's, it provides 
capital to churches who are looking to buy, to build, or renovate facilities, but that capital comes from investors. And so Florida Baptists, individuals, and churches can invest in the Church Growth Investment Fund. Uh, and in addition to getting a competitive return, those monies are there. They can be in a demand account. It can be in a, <clears throat> a time certificate that would be anywhere from one year, three year, five year, seven year. Uh, and you know, as I said, it earns a competitive rate of interest, but we're turning around and we're loaning that money out solely to Florida Baptist churches to buy real estate. The whole idea of starting the fund was that churches were having a hard time finding the capital to buy real estate, to build, and banks aren't always um, excited to lend to churches. No, and, and no sometimes way. <laughs> you know they, they might be for a few years and then another economic uh, cycle turns and now they're not excited anymore. So this provides a consistent alternative uh, for churches to come to, to find the capital they need. But to your question, individuals can invest in Church Growth Investment Fund uh, as little as $1,000. Churches can invest in it. And uh, many churches find it a great way uh, to put their money to work because they know they're helping other Florida Baptist churches yeah. and getting a competitive rate of return. So we actually have churches who list their investment in the Church Growth Investment Fund as part of their mission strategy. Oh, that's cool. So they're getting a return, but they're saying, you know what, this is helping another church. We, we think that matters. So we don't want to just help churches get a return and then do good with the return. Do good with your investing hmm. and then also do good with your return. Yeah, so it's like I don't have to pick one or the other. It's, right. You can have both. Exactly. Um, so let me ask, how many churches are involved in church growth investment fund how many individuals are like is it like 50 people like what, what are we talking about as i said the fund's been around for 30 years uh, there's currently over 200 million dollars of assets in the fund both in terms of the investments as well as the equity that's in the fund um, we have over a thousand investors across the state of florida some churches some individuals um, and um, we have about 150 loans that we have loaned out to florida baptist churches using these funds that are invested. Okay, so it's not like a mom and pop kind of a thing or a startup no, or anything like that. It really isn't. It's, it's been around a long time. I think it's one of the best financial decisions that Florida Baptist ever made was to start this fund because it helps give the investors, but it, equally importantly, and maybe more importantly, it helps these churches that need to grow. Mm. And so you're actually seeing churches expand. I mean, we have churches literally in Miami and Orlando and Jacksonville all over the state that are currently buying and building and expanding their gospel reach by because this fund exists yeah that, let me ask you just because the market is all over the place right now um if i'm going to put monies into the church growth investment fund like it just seems like a bad time to be investing in the market in general it, like how do you how do you uh, uh how do you temper that right because like if I'm putting money in the fund is and the market goes down, am I going to lose my money in, in the fund? Well, as I said, the, 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 your investment is placed in these loans to the churches. So we're not putting your money in the stock market. Uh, so that's a, that's a whole different uh, uh, realm. You know, the, 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 um, the source of repayment, if you will, the, the, the reason you should feel good about the investment is because they are invested in churches who have borrowed this money and are going to pay this money back. Now, the great thing is 
we know our churches. Uh, we deeply uh, get involved with them. We review. We not only do the traditional loan underwriting with these loans, but we know the, the church questions to ask. We ask a church who's applying for a loan, tell me about your outreach. Tell me how you're reaching people. Tell me about your guest experience on Sunday morning. Somebody drives up to your church, parks in a guest parking spot, gets out of their car. Tell me about that experience. What have, We know to ask these questions. A traditional bank wouldn't even know to ask. Yeah. And so we know how to underwrite the church and, and to approve these loans, not only based upon the financial strength of the church, but also based upon the um, just the, the what we understand about the health of a church mm. and how it's how likely it is that it's going to continue to be healthy. Man, that's really really cool. So I heard you talk about uh, stewardship coaching, uh, ministry accounting, bookkeeping type stuff, uh, cash management, church growth investment fund. Earlier, you talked about estate planning. Uh, tell us about that and why that even matters. I mean, that's just. Isn't that for old people? <laughs> no, particularly if you have children, you'd be better think be thinking about an estate plan. You know, it is. As I said earlier it's the core of who we are. Uh, we were founded in 1947 as a foundation, and we basically help facilitate charitable giving on behalf of Florida Baptists. That is still the core of what we do, and so one of the primary services and ways every week across. Florida somewhere, we're offering one or multiple, you know, estate planning workshops, consulting with churches, individuals, uh, helping them prepare. And they say, well, you helping me retire? No. Other companies help you retire. We help you graduate and have your estate plan ready so that once you're not here anymore, your estate lives on and your uh, your impact lives on. And so we help people think through the the most the wise the wisest way you can position your your estate so that it will make the greatest kingdom impact for the glory of God. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So when Dave, you know, you're going to live a long, long life, but one day, uh, if the Lord tarries, you're going to graduate and go to heaven. Three groups of people are going to get everything that you own, and the decisions you make today will determine how much these three groups of people get. One group are your heirs, the people in your family and your loved ones that you want to leave money to. The second group are charitable organizations and kingdom causes that you are passionate about, that you want to fund and you want to be generous towards. And the third is the Internal Revenue Service. And so uh, <laughs> it just the, got quiet. <laughs> the decisions that you make today will determine how much each one group of those groups receive. Wow, man, that's really good. And, and Florida Baptist Financial Services provides these types of services to churches and individuals within those churches. We have been doing that for 75 years. So what's in it for Florida Baptist Financial Services to, to provide these type, like estate planning services? Right, so um, we exist to help the churches thrive. And so uh, I should say, for those that are Southern Baptist and understand kind of our funding structure, we do not receive cooperative program dollars. We don't receive funding from the churches. We provide funding to the cooperative program. Other people before us have been very generous and built this uh, foundation and this company. And so we want to encourage generosity. So maybe on a future episode, we'll just talk about all the ways in which we are personally involved as a company uh, in touching the mission field and, and how we want to be a pace setter in the area of generosity. Uh, but we manage monies on behalf of these estates that I mentioned, the uh, entities and the churches who entrust money to us to be a fiduciary, there's, there's our big finance word, uh, but to act on their behalf uh, and make decisions uh, that are sound biblical decisions. 
And for doing so, uh, we are compensated for that, and that's how we pay our bills. Man, that's incredible. I, th- I've not really heard of too many ministries in that space. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like Florida Baptist Financial is set up for, like, the, like really the one-stop comprehensive stewardship. We're going to come alongside you, and from short-term to mid-range to long-term, like, provide some real tangible solutions to help uh, individuals, churches, the kingdom, all of it. Man. It is. That, that, that's the commercial about us and, and who we are. You know, what I'd say with, with this podcast is we hope that these, as we kind of start doing the, the deep drills down on each one of these areas and different elements and ways in which we can help, that there'd be just a, a whole catalog of content and resources to say, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking about cash management. I need, to, I need to go listen to the podcast on that. Or, you know what, our church needs a loan. And I heard that they do that. Let me go listen to the podcast on that. And there, there would just be a, a lot of real-time help available literally at your fingertips. Hmm. That's really good, man. That's really good. So here's what I want to do. Just a couple of thoughts for all of our folks listening. Just some things that I picked up while I was listening to Rick. This idea of learning doesn't happen in a moment. It happens in a journey. Uh, You learn by doing and debriefing. Um, I'm willing to bet that for all of our pastors, ministry leaders, and boards listening, whoever you might be, chances are that's really affirming to to what your own experience has been. And it's kind of like that train illustration that you said, Rick, where... Man, it stopped five stops ago is not like the stop of today. Right. And so things are changing. Things are adjusting. Um, I'm glad that folks like Florida Baptist Financial are here to be able to provide solutions for the stop today, right. not just for 30 years ago. Right. So that's yeah. really, really good. Hey, here's what I want to do, Rick. Um, before we give out contact info or any of that, just want to just kind of close the show off with a, just some rapid fire, man. Uh, would love to know just a little bit more about Rick Wheeler, the man, the myth, the legend. Man, your favorite flavor of cake? You know, I'm not a, probably chocolate, but I'm I'm more of a pie guy than a cake guy, and I would say banana cream pie. If you want to know the way to my heart, <laughs> uh, banana cream pie is is the highway. All yeah. right, if you got to pick, cats or dogs? Uh, neither. Um, uh, we have a small farm at our house. We have three cats and two dogs. <laughs> they belong primarily to our teenage daughters. Uh, although I end up feeding and walking them. They're more, yours. But uh, They're yours. if I had to choose, I would say dogs. All right. Uh, favorite college football team? I'm, I'm I'm a Floridian, as I've mentioned, and so you got to got to root for the Gators. Go the Gators. And last but not least, if you had to pick one superpower, which one would it be? Uh, to uh, golly, to probably to to fly. You know, it'd be really nice not to have to go through the airport. <laughs> That's really good. It would be good <laughs> to, to get to, where you want to go. <laughs> if we don't have to do that check-in stuff, that would be awesome. Yeah. Hey, listen, for all of our friends and family out there listening, the easiest way to get a hold of Florida Baptist Financial Services, just give us a ring. It's one 800 780 If you're interested in learning more about how we might be able to come alongside you and your church, that's the easiest way. Again, 1-800-780-0325. My name's Dave. I get to be part of the uh, Florida Baptist Financial Services team. I want a big shout out to Rick. Thank you, Dave. Um, our executive director for joining us today. Uh, Rick, just out of curiosity, social media, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on uh, most of the platforms. Uh, R. Wheeler Jacks on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. And then, of course, you can uh, see my bio and, and connect with me on our website, FloridaBaptist.org. Awesome, man. Thanks again for being with us, Rick. And everybody listening, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to see you next time. 
Stewardship Simplified podcast is provided for general information purposes only and does not offer or constitute personalized financial, investment, tax, or legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from a tax, financial, or legal professional. Mentions of the Church Growth Investment Fund are not an offer to sell nor a solicitation of an offer to buy securities of the Church Growth Investment Fund. Any solicitation of an offer to buy or sell is made solely through and by CGIF's offering circular, which you should read carefully before making an investment decision. Offer and sales of these securities will be made only through representatives of the Church Growth Investment Fund. CGIF securities are subject to certain risk factors as described in the offering circular.